Hi, friend. Welcome to the What If Project podcast. I'm your co-host, Tracy. And I'm your co-host, Rain. We are two super curious, lifelong learners who also happen to be BFFs with no room to live the passion-driven life that we both longed for. And thus, the What If Project was born. We are now working to stop the nine to five grind as we pursue a skills building and sustainable lifestyle. We are on a journey towards self-reliance, minimization, preparedness, simplicity, and most of all, joy. All right, welcome to episode 20. Yay, that is bananas. We've hit all my fingers and all my toes. (laughs) That is incredible. I don't know, maybe no, nobody else understands our excitement every time we're like, wait, episode 19, woo, episode 20, woo. <laughs> so today mm-hmm. is Saturday, March 12th, and we are recording this podcast on a very windy, rainy, tornado-watchy kind of day. And this episode will drop on Tuesday, March the 15th, which takes us right up by St. Patrick's Day, which works out perfectly with our topic that we're talking about today. So, Rain, are you ready to get started? I am. I am very excited about this topic, Tracy. I'm very excited to see what you have in store for us all. Yay! So, as we introduce this new topic, which we gave a sneak peek about on our social media accounts. So hopefully you saw that over on social media. But before we even say the word of our topic, and since we are coming up against St. Patrick's Day, which is the greenest holiday that we have, let's talk about the word green for just a minute. So according to my dictionary, green can be an (laughs) adjective, a verb, and a noun. And I don't know if I'd ever thought about that I like before. It. I never thought about that either, but that's very cool. Yeah, so green obviously is a color, which happens to be the color between blue and yellow on the spectrum. So I think we all knew that. Like Even my nine-year-old knows how to make green. But I love that it's like the color between something. So that's our adjective use of the word green. And then... We have green as a noun, which is like a a color or pigment. So you can use it as a noun. It is a piece of public or common area that is often grassy. So that's called like the the grassy knoll in the famous JFK shooting. So maybe that's not, that's maybe a negative connotation. Or like on a golf course. Yeah, the greens. Yes, exactly. Golf course, public spaces. I think New York City, there's different places that are referenced as greens, the green area, or it is the green. And then the verb, which happens to be my favorite use of the word green, the movement towards more environmentally friendly practices. But according to my Google search, they said make less harmful or more sensitive to the environment, which I thought Mm -hmm. was a great definition as, as well. I was also going to say, if you remember that the story that I did for Get to Know Me during Green Week, green is also my favorite color. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not. Now, I wear a lot of pink. I love pink. I love purple. I love blue. But if you were pinning me down and saying, what is your absolute favorite color? Green it is. Green. I like green. It's not my favorite color, but I like yellow, which happens to be we got to put <laughs> yellow and blue together to make green. That's true. 
But because of my personality and my tendencies, I love the word green. I love the evocation of green. And so one of the things I wanted to, to talk about too is, and we've been talking about this in our personal conversation is tomorrow is our spring forward day. And so, yeah. <laughs> and while rain is uh, disgusted with the idea, it also <laughs> is an indication that spring is near and we're starting to see the signs of spring literally popping up all around us in dandelion greens and the grass is just starting to turn green a little bit and i actually noticed this morning i can see the buds on the dogwood tree have just there's little tiny little baby uh, leaves on the dogwood trees so you know like all the signs are there for spring and so much of that is green it's also fire antils i feel like that's also like a great indication of spring <laughs> you start to see the fire antils again actively popping up all over the place but yeah one of my favorite things about green is that obviously i love the verb use because i'm consider myself a bit of an eco warrior maybe not the best eco warrior on the planet but i do count myself in those ranks so i feel like the verb use of green is very important to me does green, other than being your favorite color, have anything special for you? I think for me, it's because that's when <laughs> I go back outside because it's warm enough to go outside. And yeah, everything's blooming and pretty. Green happens first and then all the pretty colors happen. So then you get your pinks and your yellows and your purples and your blues on the plants and trees. So yeah, to me, green is just, it's fertile, it's nourishing, it's it's fresh I, like i all of those things those are the kinds of words that come to my mind and it's just it's long summer days and being with my family and more relaxed times and all of those things for me start at green mm, i love it i love fresh i love that that sounds so nice i love that word all right mm. so we are obviously on the on the doorstep of spring. I feel like spring is here in a lot of ways. We are definitely getting the March winds. <laughs> is that what that is? No, that's actually rain. So that sound is rain pounding on my roof. So if you're listening, that's what that is. No. Um, but we've gotten lots of wind and March has been full of that and all of this rain now is I'm hoping will go to nourish our lush green grass that will come out of it but yeah so spring you know is a, an opportunity to plant and grow and in our region it's still pretty early for spring gardening but there are there's lots of other ways to bring that green into your life and indoors and that's one of i think the reasons why we've picked this module and we've picked the timing of this module and thus, we are going to be spending the next two weeks talking about microgreens. Yay! Yay! I'm excited. Yes. So I am cautiously optimistic and excited all at the same time. And we'll talk about some of those reasons later. But it's, to me, just a, a wonderful way to bring so many different pieces of what's important to us and our passion together into one item. And that in, in microgreens, they are it's a pretty sustainable practice it's healthy we'll find out whether or not it's going to be economical or not but it's growing and producing something on your own it's something you can do in a small space so we're going to dive into that deeper here in a few minutes but for right now we are going to play a game so rain are you ready to play a game with me 
I'm always ready to play a game with you, Tracy. So this is a trivia game. And I feel like these questions are perfect. And I know you're actually going to get them right, but they're super fun. <laughs> now, now I feel such pressure. So this one should be super easy, but it's super fun as well. And a lot okay. of these are invoking of our childhood as well. What iconic American figure said, it's not easy being green? Oh, that would be the same iconic figure, the audio to which we did our very first reel. Is that correct? That is correct. That would be Senor Kermit the Frog. Yes. Ding, 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 ding. I just love that. I love the Muppets. I, I seriously, some of my favorite childhood memories are watching the Muppet show with my uncle and eating Doritos. Like, not healthy, I'm sure, but so fun. Maybe we could like watch a Muffet movie and eat microgreens instead. I like that actually. I like that idea a lot. I haven't seen anything Muppet in years and years. Next question. You're gonna love this one. What Friends character had the last name Green? Monica. No, Monica Geller, Rachel Green. Oh my there you gosh. Go. <laughs> Brain. I was like, I like. That was a total brain spaz. And I love friends. I love friends. I'm sorry. That's you sorry, got Courtney it. Cox. You got it correct. And Rachel. I... You got it correct. And I can't tell you how happy because I know you love friends. So that was when I actually saw this question. I was like, yes, this is perfect. And Rachel is my favorite of all six of them. Rachel is my favorite character. She's hilarious. <laughs> all right. Next question. What is the title of the tales of a red-haired orphan written by Ellen Montgomery? Anne of Green Gables. That is correct. Yay. All right. So we had our green trivia. And now let's uh, talk about microgreens, which we're going to be hyper-focused on over the next two weeks. Rain, what is your level of experience yes. with microgreens? I would say early beginner. <laughs> I actually have some greens growing on my windowsill right now, but they're, they weren't intended necessarily to be microgreens. I put them in there because I'm trying to do some windowsill salad stuff, but I believe they're packed in there too dense. So they're staying at a, a baby greens level. Rain is ahead of me because mine would be beginner. <laughs> Very beginner, beginner. Which leads me to ask a question. Uh, based on your knowledge of where we are today, what is a microgreen? Microgreen is basically just the baby plant, right? And that was that's my understanding. That's my it. that was my understanding too. It's just the a wee baby plant. Mm -hmm. And my next question is why microgreens for the What If project? Why would we have landed on that topic? So for my thinking, if you're asking why I think it's the right thing for us to do is because it really checks a lot of boxes. One of the things we want to do is to be more sustainable in our food choices, to be more local in our food choices. It doesn't get much more local than eating something that you've grown at your own house in your own kitchen. I imagine it will be more economical in the long run, but it's also a learning experience. We don't know a lot about it. Starting with microgreens, I think is a really easy form foray into growing your own foods and it just it doesn't take up a lot of space it doesn't take up a lot of time 
Yeah. Yeah. No, those were the, some of the reasons that I was thinking as, as well, we've talked about small spaces. We are in a, I guess a quote unquote urban environment. We don't live on a farm or a homestead. We live on, you know, about like a little half acre plot in town, but in our houses are relatively small. We've talked about that before, but do we have space to be able to grow a tray or a flat of something indoor? Yes, we do. And it's something that can Mm -hmm. be done when you can't seasonally be outdoors yet. Like it's still too cold here, not today, but our typically the, the, the old wives tale is don't plant before I think it's Good Friday. Good Friday or Easter seems to be like the benchmark for our area. That's what the old timers would say. So it's not time yet to plant outdoors. So this is a great way to bring stuff indoors year round, which I love that. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's a, a there's an investment and a cost to begin with, but is it going to be economical? You can grow things without having to like continually buy packaged greens. If you go to the grocery store and you want organic, say lettuces, it's in plastic. It comes in a plastic container. That's a big one for me. It's just eliminating the waste of the packaging that foods come in as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. It checks a whole lot of boxes for the What If Project. And it's something new and I like learning new stuff. Mm -hmm. Oh, I did think of another reason is one of the things that's important to the both of us is seeing what other people are doing that we want to emulate people that we identify as well. Like that person is really good at this thing, or this person is very healthy. (laughs) What are they doing? What can I learn from them? I have a, a personal friend that is very much into microgreens and some of the healthiest people I know. And I'm like, I want to be like that. What what can I learn from them? And Mm -hmm. there's also some local businesses that are doing microgreens as well and how we can get involved in that and support them. So I feel like those, again, there's just more boxes that it ticks off. All right, next question for us. Have you ever, what you've already answered the first part, have you ever grown? I have never grown microgreens. So Rain is currently experimenting with a project not intended to be microgreens, but they are. Yes, and my unintentional microgreens. I love it. And then, but have you ever eaten microgreens? Yes, absolutely. In restaurants and stuff, I have ordered salads and stuff intending, like with intentionally ordered them because they contain microgreens, because I know that they're so nutritious. They're very flavorful. They're usually like super crunchy, which I do like a very crunchy salad. So yes, I have eaten plenty of microgreens and enjoyed them. All right. And I am a microgreen virgin. I have never eaten microgreens ever. Really? So, yes. No way. I, yeah, I, I never have. I And I'm sure I would like them because I love almost every single green vegetable that there is, but I've never yeah, tried I'm it. so surprised. I am so surprised, Tracy. That That actually is, I'm the little mind blown emoji sitting over here <laughs> in my kitchen right now. And I eat a a mostly plant-based lifestyle. And so how I've Mm -hmm. never come across microgreens, I don't know. But here's a funny, it's like not funny ha, but funny like how you know you're on the right track with something. So about six and a half months ago, I had seen a post on Facebook from the friend that I just referenced a few moments ago. And he was talking about microgreens and had posted a picture and him and his wife follow a vegan lifestyle. And so it makes, they always have big, beautiful gardens every summer. And he's super good at his gardening and they juice and all of, all of that 
wonderful stuff. <laughs> so when I saw mm -hmm. his post about microgreens, I was like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. And not only me, but then a, a whole nother slew of people commented like, oh my gosh, I want to learn about this. Will you teach us about this? And so I had gotten up with him. I said, you know, Mike, I'm really serious about coming in. If you would teach a little like introduction or just show us your stuff, if that's cool. And he was 100% amiable and actually organized a date and a time. And it just so happened that the week that that would have been, which I think he did do it, was the week that my husband um, got very sick and went in the hospital. And, and then we went into hiding a little bit for the next six months. So we weren't around a lot of people. So that kind of got curved and I wasn't able to pursue that. And here we are six and a half months later and right back to that same thing. And I love that those like recurring themes, those ideas or passions or dreams that just don't go away, which is also a fundamental for the what if project and our modules. That's our whole list of things that we want to learn more about is based on things that just keep you keep circling back to over and over again. And so I'm really excited that what I had hoped to dive into months ago, which would have been at the very beginning of the what if project for us, that now we've come back to it, which is very exciting to me. So I just, I'm so thankful for that opportunity. Yeah, no, that's wonderful. As far as the local connection stuff, we have some really great resources in our area. You have a very personal connection, which is, I'm hopeful that we're going to be able to learn some stuff there, you know, and then there's a couple businesses that both grow and sell and provide microgreens in different, in different ways. And so, yeah, I'm very interested both to do the microgreens in our personal space, AKA our house, our kitchen or whatever, but also to really learn about what is really a thriving industry also. That's the other thing. There are people out there who are like killing it, growing microgreens and they're very simple, but because they are, they're quick and they're easy to do and they're so nutritious, but they also have a very short lifespan. It meets a lot of really nice niche business categories. Awesome. All right, so Rain, on a scale of one to 10, how easy do you think it is to grow microgreens? Well, considering I've managed to do it without meaning to do it, I'm going with a 10, <laughs> if 10 is the easiest. <laughs> Yes, 10 would be the easiest. Okay, then yeah, I'm saying I think it's totally possible. This is where the cautiously optimistic part comes in for me because I'm hoping that I can get promoted like over the next few weeks from like black thumb or maybe brown. Maybe I'm a brownish thumb. And if I could work my way towards yellow thumb, I feel like I'd be making progress. <laughs> I don't know if I will ever be a true green thumb, but it is an ambition. Like it's a goal. I think it's okay to just pick a category, right? Because plants are like anything else. They're so varied and there's so many different considerations about what grows well under what conditions and all of that kind of stuff. I, I Maybe there are people who are just amazing at growing everything, but I really think we have people who are just specialized in, let's say flowers or fruits or vegetables or local environments or greenhouses. Like I said earlier, I think, just think there's so many different facets of what it takes to be successful that I think you can be a green thumb. I think you just have to pick the thing that you want to focus on and then go for it. 
And I think you'll find great success. I believe in you, Tracy. Thank you. You know, and and I do have to say, I was just remembering, I was really successful at growing fodder when we had our rabbitry. So I'm jumping ahead of myself a little bit in a question because there are sprouts and then there are microgreens. So I wanted to ask if offhand, if you knew the difference, but then there's also things like fodder, which the word fodder, meaning it's intended to grow for animal consumption. But Mm -hmm. in in my case, when I did fodder, there was no medium involved. So it was definitely, I would say it was a hydroponics, but they didn't sit in water. The seeds were in a tray and they were watered regularly. And then they sprouted up. And then when the root mat was such a way that it could, you know, in the green part was jumped up enough that it could be cut and then fed. So the, the rabbits got the roots and all of the system. It was difficult here in Eastern North Carolina because it's so humid. So you had to be really careful on top of it so it didn't mold and mildew because that was a, a real threat to it. But I can definitely give myself some credit that as long as I paid attention to it, and that's probably where the story goes wrong for Tracy Sanders. There's certain things that need consistent attention to it. And if you don't touch it for a few days, it's not going to work out well. So like fodder was like you had to water it regularly and several times a day or else it's not going to grow. And, you know, if you let a garden go, it's going to get overgrown with weeds. I, I am well aware of where the problem lies, like even indoor plants, if you don't water them at least like probably once a month, like <laughs> they're going to die. <laughs> so consistency would be my error, my weakness. So- So Tracy, with the fodder, what kind of seed did you use? Because the fodder was almost like a grass, right? So we would do wheat, barley, and Mm -hmm. oats. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I feel like maybe that was a microgreen because the rabbits didn't eat the seeds, right? Sprouts are when you eat the seed also, like you eat the whole whole component. Mm -hmm. Whereas the microgreens you're eating off the top and it, it continues to grow and you can keep eating it. Yeah. And you can do that with fodder. You can cut just the, the green part off and keep in doing it. But typically I'd let it grow out to the point of where I could actually just, it would almost be like a thick carpet of roots. And then I could just literally take my scissors mm-hmm. or a box cutter and cut squares out of it. And each rabbit hutch would get a portion of the fodder. Mm-hmm roots and all so that almost sounds like sprouts that almost sounds like sprouting then yeah and it's not grown in any kind of medium so there's no there's no like cocoa fiber or so it is a true like hydroponic system there's no grow medium and they are you can consume the whole thing so i don't know it's kind of like in the middle but that's just i think but it's just like sprouting seeds right where you take them and you put them in a wet paper towel and you leave them in the window and you make sure that the paper towel never gets dry and then it sprouts you just let it go until the point that it was like the plant was big enough that you could cut it apart for the bunnies how long did it take about seven days just depending on the variety mm-hmm And the temperature too, the temperature and weather would have a lot of effect on it. If it was Mm -hmm. really hot, it would jump up really fast and then it would just get tall and 
scraggly and mm -hmm. then kind of just wilt over. That was a big factor. But I had some cool racks that I had built and mm -hmm. had my fodder and had a little rotating system. I had two five gallon buckets that nestled inside of each other because you have to soak the seeds first. And so that was like day one and then day two goes in and, and would start a new tray every day. So then there mm -hmm. would be fresh fodder every day. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and then I was able to buy the seeds local, not super local, but in Goldsboro, there's a mill. And so I would go and buy uh, 50 pound bags of the seed and then use that to sprout. I didn't realize there was a mill in Goldsboro. Yep. It's called Coker Mill. Coker or Croker. I think it's Coker. It's a pretty cool place. Cool. All right. Answered our question about the difference between sprouts and microgreens from your beautiful explanation of the paper towels, which I, I don't even think I've done that since I was maybe back when Samuel was in like early elementary school and as a homeschool mm -hmm. experiment. That's also something I'd be interested in playing around with is just doing sprouts as well. Yes, I've been thinking about that too when we've talked about because I I love sprouts too. A lot of times like if I'm at the grocery store and I'm looking for stuff for my salads, I will buy a little container of sprouts because I like they're crunchy and they taste good. All right. And so last question is what would be your goal for the microgreen module? I would like to have some success, obviously like intentional success. I want to take some seeds that we are intending to use as a microgreen on the end and grow them to the point that they are thriving and usable and edible. And then I would like to perpetuate that. Like I would like to keep that going. I would like to have, I'd like to have enough that, that I can eat them every day or every other day, but I don't want to have so much that they're going bad or I'm wasteful with them. Awesome. I, and I think I ditto all of that and would also add that um, I'm always looking for ways to add more nutrition and more healthy foods into my diet. I don't necessarily know that my family will be like on the microgreen train with me, but I do think that my daughter will be very interested in the process. So I'm very excited and it is definitely a goal to involve her in the process of growing and just introducing both of us to the whole process of growing something indoors that you can actually consume and eat and let her try different things. That's something we love. We do love to do as a family. We do like to try different foods and different varieties. And so I am definitely looking to at least introduce my family to these things, whether or not they like it or not is will be up to them, but it's definitely a goal. All right. So Rain, these questions were definitely kind of our baseline. So without doing any research, without doing any kind of in-depth discussions beforehand, the questions that we just went over truly will just act as a baseline of, of this is where we are. This is our knowledge base for right now, our expectations, kind of where our goal points are. And then the next two weeks we will use purposefully to build on the conversation that we just had, learning more about the nutrition value of a microgreen. How hard is it really to grow it? What are the different kinds of microgreens that you can get into? The differences between growing medium. So all of these next step kind of questions is part of what we will do in the next two weeks. Now, can we learn it all in two weeks? 
Definitely not. But I think that two weeks of dedicated space is a place to really get our feet wet on this topic. Sounds good. All right. So I did do a wee, when I say we, I mean like one tiny little look at of some nutritional facts. And I was very um, surprised. I knew that microgreens are supposed to be very nutrient dense. And my friend that I referenced earlier had actually told me, I actually called and talked to him this week. And he told me, he's like, man, like if you eat big, like just microgreen salad, you feel like you can just go out and run a marathon. It just gives you so much energy and it's so great. And I'm like, well, that's, I could definitely use some of that in my life. And I was like, well, I wonder like why? And this is just a little snippet of the kind of information I would like for us to source over the next few weeks. So in our, in a pea, which the description I looked at didn't tell me what kind of pea, but in a pea microgreen, there's 27% of your vitamin C is in a serving of the pea microgreen, 63% of your daily vitamin A, and 75% of your daily potassium in one serving of pea microgreen. That's wow. A, that's a lot. So I'm really excited to yeah. see like what some of these other kinds, whether it's radish or sunflower or beets, and what they can offer nutritionally to your diet. So did you already know, like, did you feel like you had a, an understanding of a, the nutrition behind microgreens? Or do you think you'll be surprised at what you find out? I knew that microgreens were incredibly nutrient dense and very good for you, but I, I wasn't aware of those sorts of statistics. That's Those are incredible numbers coming from just one plant. So... Yeah, I think I'll be surprised at the details. Yay. So that's the kind of stuff I'd like for us to source. And so here are our assignments for the next two weeks. I do not have a worksheet created for us yet, but I will. So this is just verbally what I would like us to focus on and just our touch points over the next two week cycle. So the first one being what we just talked about, we are going to be on a fact-finding mission and gathering different data sets and facts about microgreens. Then one of the things that I want us to try to do, which I do think we can do, and we have several different options to do it, I don't have a clear path yet or a, a date, is we will be connecting and conversating with what we would coin a microgreen expert. So my friend that I alluded to is willing to do that if we can get a time and a day scheduled there. I've also reached out to a local microgreens company um, through a direct message. So perhaps they will get back with us. So we have several different opportunities in the work, but I do want to make it a, a point to have that conversation with a, like I said, a quote unquote expert. The other things we're going to do is we are actually going to be setting up and growing our own microgreens. I have ordered us some fiber mats to be our grow medium, and I've ordered us some seeds to share. And then Rain provided us with some trays that she had already bought. And so she shared what she had left with me, which are small, perfect for windowsill. So we can use those. We can cut the fiber to fit them and then do our seeds and 
probably try to keep our experiments as close to similar as possible. So that'll be a conversation that we have at some point this week is setting up a, this is when we're going to start them. This is step one, step two, step three. So to make sure we're on the same path. One of the things I want us to do is buy some microgreens and actually start incorporating them into our diet over the next two weeks. And I did call to a local market and they do have some for sale. And so I do want to try to make a point today to go over and get us uh, both some microgreens from the market. So we will have them in our refrigerator and start incorporating them into salads or whatever other recipes we can find. Which which market are you going to, Tracy? I'm that is the, the Cedar Point market. Okay. So not the we outdoor have a lot of great stuff. Not the outdoor market, but the actual store. Gotcha. Understand. And I've actually never been in there before. You'll I've have to do a do you'll have to do a reel in there. I was thinking that or a walkthrough Yay! video or something. <laughs> yes, for I'm sure. Excited. We need that that's how yeah, me too. I'm excited. The other thing we're going to try to do is on our Wednesday, at least one of our Wednesday during this two week module is to actually visit a restaurant that serves microgreens. So Rain thinks she has a lead for us there of a restaurant where we can go and support local and also have microgreens for dinner. Yes, I'm excited. I'm very excited about going to this restaurant. Tracy, now you think you've been there before, but you did not eat microgreens clearly while no, you were there. No, I had a quinoa bowl. Okay. Yep. Let's I don't see. think I've ever been there. Um, I would really love it if in the next two weeks we can actually see microgreens growing process. So whether that is my, my friend Mike or whether it's one of the local companies, if we could secure an invite to actually see these things being grown in person with our own eyes, their setups, their systems, what they're growing, what kind of seeds they're using, where they're sourcing those materials. I feel like that would be a great exercise. Yeah. And then lastly, I'd like us to gather some microgreen tips, either things that we find or we ask questions or in our research, whether that's recipe, storage tips, growing tips, or any kind of like health wellness tips to go along with them. So how does that all sound to you? That sounds very organized and and doable. Hey, one of the things that we also have talked about is that because we aren't going to be, say, actively spending 30 minutes or an hour each day decluttering or really diving in deep with some of our finances and our numbers like we have the last two weeks. We won't be putting our hands in microgreens, especially since the growing process. Once you start the seeds, it's just spray them with a water bottle as best as I can figure a couple times a day. There's not a large active process in that. I and mean, even some of these other activities, these are not going to be concentrated blocks of time that necessarily. So Rain and I also discussed as part of the beauty of microgreens is that it's a very com compact, compartmentalized, minimized process. And in this module, especially it's minimized. So that's going to give us a little bit of time on our plate that we're used to being spending in the actual activity of the module. And we're going to be able to work and touch back on some of our decluttering, some of our budget and intentional spending and on the business side of our project as well. And so this 
module about microgreens is really falling in place very nicely because I think we both felt like we needed a little bit of room to go back and touch on some things and to touch on our business. That is, again, it's checking off a lot of boxes for us that we needed. And I feel like it is the perfect timing. Do you feel the same, Rain? Yes, I absolutely do. And I, yes, I still have some decluttering. We were talking about that. I am way further along than I was a month ago, but I do still have some kind of residual things like cords and picture frames, that kind of stuff that needs to to get gone. And as far as my spending, I still have some stuff that I, I'd like to do there. So it, it will be nice to have a breather on the work package part of this module because the work package part it should be relatively automatic once we get it going it should just be tending to it and making sure that all of the environmental factors stay consistent to support the growth of the plant but it'll also give us a way to sort of clean up the loose details that are still floating around from previous modules so for me it feels like a real breather while still while still moving forward so that's like the sweet spot Yes, I was literally just thinking that it was it's very green because we're continuing to grow these mm-hmm. topics and modules that we've worked on, including the business and it becoming evergreen in nature instead of just once off things. And so that is very exciting to me because that was what we were looking for to take all these things and it becomes part of our lifestyle, not just a once off one and done activity. Yes. Awesome. That's all I've got. That wraps up my the extent of my microgreen knowledge as of today. And <laughs> so we can't talk anymore because I don't know anymore. <laughs> Do you have anything else you'd like to add to our going into week one conversation? I don't think so. I think for two people who don't know a whole lot about the topic, I think we've done a good job talking about it so far. So I'm just ready to get into the details, get my fingers dirty. And I guess my fingers won't get dirty because we're using the coconut medium. Yes, because I have a mouse. I was just about to to say thanks to mouse. (laughs) A mouse that's really a cat that likes to knock dirt things over. Yes. Um, And this activity where we're literally like feeding our bellies and feeding our soul, like just feels so like it's just it feels so great. Like I just love it so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, if we don't have anything else at this point, then we will call it a day, Rain. Sounds good to me. All right. Is that a wrap? That's a wrap.